And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, season 5, episode 33. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Tonight is Wednesday, September the 4th. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me this evening, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joe, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you live from Southampton, New York. Uh, and my hot take for this week uh, is that Mets are just going to met. Uh, earlier this week, the Mets blew a marquee pitching matchup between DeGrom and Scherzer against the Nationals. They also blew a seven-run, or no, sorry, a six-run lead in the ninth. Uh, giving up seven runs to lose the game in the bottom of the ninth in what just was one of the most Mets performances ever, uh, which leaves the question, uh, if they can't hold a six-run lead, like why are they still pushing to win this season? And that was an important game also. Right. I believe they're three and a half games out of the wild card. There's a handful of teams between them and the second wild card in the NL right now, that's the Cubs, the Phillies, and the Nats. No, the Nats are the first wild card. The Phillies and the Brewers, I think, are still between the uh, New York Mets and the second wild card. So, yeah, that was a pretty devastating loss in typical New York Met fashion. Um, but it's September, which means that Fantasy NFL football is around the corner. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, advice from your friend Joel, draft all the quarterbacks. That's my theory. That's my strategy for winning at fantasy football. In my fantasy football league drafted the other day, I've got not one, not two, but three quarterbacks. And my plan is to play them, (laughs) play the ball at the same time. That's that's how you do it. <laughs> you just find out which one of those quarterbacks is also eligible for the flex position. Yeah. I just want to run a wild, uh, wildcat offense. Why oh, can't I you do this? I don't, I don't think that you can do that. Like, I don't think you could decide, you know what, I'm just going to drop this tight end spot and put in a second quarterback. <laughs> how great would that be, though? Yeah, no, that would be pretty great. Just every play is a combination of a flea flicker or Statue of Liberty play? Uh, right. Or, like, you could put your quarterback in at the running back slot, but only their rushing numbers count. Right. <laughs> that would be awesome. Right. And you and Tom Brady is one of your quarterbacks. Well, that's the crazy thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I was one pick away from drafting Tom Brady as my fourth quarterback. (laughs) He was still available at like 127th in my draft. And then the guy before me just grabbed him right out from under me. I was really upset about that. Same thing happened with Matt Ryan. So, you know, I'm in eighth out of 10 right now in our baseball fantasy league, so I'm anticipating at least as good of a showing in my fantasy football league. Well, I'm drafting my fantasy football team right now, and I'm about to draft 
Rob Gronkowski with my last pick. So nice. <clears throat> right, that's what you gotta do. You gotta, you know, throw those hail marys on those late picks. Right, exactly. Like here's hoping, you know. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone who listened to our last week's episode. I posted just earlier today our B-Block book club about the career of Mo Berg. So please check that out. I think it's actually really fascinating. Thanks to everybody who listened to last week's episode from the Bronx. Even if you're a Yankees fan, that's okay. Philadelphia, Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, this may be a stretch. We need the we need the click, Sam. Right, we'll accept your click. <laughs> right, but, but only until we become famous, and then we're gonna block everyone from the Bronx. <laughs> Glen Glenwood Springs, Colorado, Minneapolis, Portland, Maine, White Heat, Illinois, Champaign, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Shout out to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen to us on Apple iTunes, please give us a review, a a rating, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, let us get into this week's headlines and hot takes. It is the A-Block. And this week, Mike, the weatherman Trout for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, has just passed... New York Yankees uh, legend Derek Jeter in career war. At age 28, the weatherman has eclipsed his childhood idol's war mark, adding another feather in Jeter's mediocre cap. True. The weatherman has started passing all sorts of Hall of Famers in terms of war at a pretty good clip, but that shouldn't make us forget that Jeter was at best a mediocre baseball player. Shout out to all of our listeners in the Bronx. And it showed himself... <laughs> To be a downright terrible team owner. So, Sam, the question is, when do you think that people will finally realize that Derek Jeter has sucked all along? Well, you know, Joel, unfortunately, I think that probably, like, by the time that happens, all of the people who, like, it would be, like, a real depressing thing to realize uh, is that, uh, it, they will all be dead. Like, by the time people <laughs> are like... Because, you know, Derek Jeter really had a strong impact on his era for some reason. Like, I don't get it, but he did. And, you know, I don't think that those people, even in the light of the new statistics and, like, the better younger players passing him aggressively in terms of war, are ever going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Things weren't as great back then as they are now because that's just not the way people work you know no one's like back in my day baseball players weren't as good as they are now you know what i mean actually yes i think that's a really good point i think that's actually kind of a huge problem in baseball right that goes it feeds into the nostalgia problem that baseball Yeah. yeah um so unfortunately i don't think that like people are gonna realize that until you know the next generation who are growing up now never having watched Jeter play. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's too bad because we on the dump on the ump, we all know that Derek Jeter was at best 
like a medium baseball player. Well, and shout out to all the children who listen to this show because they need to check out the Fio Joe Morgan website, which, in my opinion, is the most important and iconic baseball website of all time. And from roughly 06 to 09, one of their greatest achievements was pointing out every day how absolutely mediocre Derek Jeter actually was. Right. Because he was. Because he was, yeah. Um, but someone who is not mediocre is Mike the Weatherman Trout. No. He's very good. legit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about this on a couple of levels. Uh, Sam, last week your hot take was uh, Devos for yeah. uh, Devos. Sorry, I don't know why I have that addiction. Devos for ALMVP. Devos leads Trout in a couple of key statistical categories. RBIs, runs, and average. Right. Trout leads in most of the more advanced categories, mostly because he hits so many more home runs. And the motherfucker walks all the time. That's true. Such a great on-base percentage. So I think that Trout is still going to win the AL MVP, but I am more convinced that there's a solid case for Devos, especially because a bunch of dumbass Yankee fans on the internet were making the argument that DJ LeMahieu has a chance to be AL MVP this year. And by any statistic, Devos is way better than LeMahieu. Yeah. Um, so I think we just need to point that out. Second, we made this argument before, again, talking about Yankee fans too much, I guess, but other Yankee fans were saying, well, Mike Trout has never played a meaningful game in the postseason. Right. Which is true, but Mike Trout doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's transcended any sort of competitive anything. Yeah. Like yeah. he's in it, he's in it for like, he's in it for T storms and for his own glory. And he doesn't, team glory is not on there for him. Yeah. Mike Trout, that sick dude, he's really enjoying hurricane season right now. Yeah. And he's just sitting in front of the weather channel. That's true. Tracking all the hurricanes. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, congratulations to Mike Trout for passing a number that really is meaningless because Derek Jeter sucked. Yep. Uh, moving on. The Chicago White Sox ended a season-long seven-game losing streak by beating the Cleveland Indians 6-5 on Tuesday. Chicago is now sitting at 61-77, and and many of their fans are again questioning the tactics of team ownership and management although they still only need one more win to tie their season total from 2018. Joel, uh, do the White Sox know what the fuck they're doing, or are they just happy dicking around at thir- as the third best team in the AL Central? And I have another question yeah. uh, that I'm tacking on here. It's like, do you think they should have gone a little bit easier on Carlos Carrasco in his return from beating leukemia to make it back to the major leagues. 
they like lit them up to win this game that broke their seven game losing streak. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did feel a little tinge of guilt. About yeah, that. it's kind of a classless move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> the White Sox were the bad guys in the post major league movie, weren't they? I think it was the What's Yankees. That? Okay, the White Sox were the bad guys in the second one then, I think. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, me either. This is a classic major league movie villain move. That the Indian hero closer comes back from leukemia just to get lit up by the division rival. Right, Right. he he beats leukemia, comes back, gets a standing ovation, and then immediately gets shelled. Yeah, and blows a four-run lead. And blows a four-run lead. Like, the White Sox don't even care what he's been through. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you've got a good point there. Um, One thing that... So, I don't think that the White Sox management or ownership really knows what the fuck they're doing. On the other hand, and this is Joel... The overly pessimistic slash realistic sports fan here. This team was not supposed to be that good. And so now all these fans are enraged that we've got a seven-game losing streak. That seven-game losing streak was getting swept by the first-place Minnesota Twins and getting swept by the first-place Atlanta Braves. We're still on track to be 10 games better than we were last year, which is, I think, a reasonable goal to expect. The problem is, are we going to be able to be 10 games better again next season? Some players have progressed well. Some players have not. I've still got serious questions about our ability to to develop pitchers. I think that Giolito and Lopez have made good progress. But nobody else in our uh, staff really has. So one thing I would like to see the White Sox do is look at their actual uh, coaches, like their position coaches, and see what's going on there. We also get way fewer walks than literally any other team in the AL, at least, which I think is a huge problem. The other thing that's been irritating White Sox fans on the Internet is that the Chicago White Sox are not calling up their other prospects at the end of this season, namely from AAA Charlotte, Louis Robert, and Nick Madrigal. The Charlotte Knights were just eliminated from postseason competition, I guess is the word, last week. So a lot of fans were asking, why don't we pull up these new guys, get them to replace the bottom of the hitting staff, which is right now, you know, Yolmu Sanchez or Wellington Castillo. Don't get me started about Wellington Castillo. I hate that guy. But I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if that would be a smart move for the organization. Sam, I don't know if you know anything more about, you know, the tactics with your uh, prospects, because we've got these guys who are lighting it up in AAA right now that we could call up. But is there a point to doing that at the end of a losing season? Yeah, I think that's when you do pull people up from AAA. 
is to get get them a few get them some major league experience when it doesn't matter. Uh huh. I think that's that would be. I mean, I I don't know if that then changes the clock on salary arbitration. Right. And maybe they're trying to hold back because of that. But I think that like uh, it doesn't. I think that. Uh, if that's not the case, then there's really no reason not to bring up your prospects right now. Then, then they should, because these guys are good. And one thing that I've been thinking, believing all season long about the White Sox offense is that we have half of a really, really good lineup, and the other half sucks ass. Right. Well, also, I would like to say, and, you know, just to be devil's advocate here. I'm not like trying to talk too much smack, but like of those 10 games that you're projected to be better than last year, like how many of those do you think are due to the fact that the AL central is weaker this year than it was last year? Like you could make an argument that every single team other than the white Sox and the twins in that league are worse than they were last year. Right. And like I don't think the Twins are as good this year as the White Sox as the Indians were last year, you know. And I don't know the record, but we're like one and nineteen against the Twins or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, like you know, those numbers. True. Aside, yeah. Like I don't think that record alone is like what you should be judging your season on right now. True. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I get annoyed with some White Sox fans who start complaining. They really got angry about the seven-game losing streak. Right. Um, well, I and think I, that, like, you know, you should look at Giolito and be, like, in like optimistic about that. But I also think that you should look at last year's free agency and off season and be like, Whoa, like we really screwed the pooch on that one. Yes. I definitely agree with. (laughs) And that's like something to be worried about because you can like cultivate all the prospects that you want, but there's like a certain amount of like trade and also, you know, free agent signing that goes into making a winning ball club. Well, and that's part of the conspiracy theory is that the White Sox ownership just doesn't want to spend money. They have money to spend. They do. They had money to spend last season, too, and they didn't do it. And in their defense, they tried to spend it, some of it. Yeah, but somehow they screwed the pooch. That's another question. Well, they just weren't really willing enough to give as much money as San Diego. And I wonder about that also. I mean— Machado's not having a great season, and it's not like putting Machado on the Chicago White Sox team would make us a playoff contender, but uh, it'd make us better than we are right now. We could replace Yonder Alonso with Manny Machado. That would have been nice. Right. So, I don't know. I see it both ways. I'm still hoping that we do make a move. I don't know any free agents though who are going to be on the market this offseason do you uh you know there's some pitchers Bumgardner is uh-huh. a, um he might be a good pickup for you guys yeah um that veteran arm right exactly nobody 
nobody to the tune of last season, you know? Right, yeah. We'll see. The rebuild goes on eternally. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. On to competitive baseball teams. Boston Red Sox have won six of the... I don't know about to say competitive. Over 500 baseball teams. Over 500 baseball teams. The Boston Red Sox have won six of their last ten games, which gives them no hope that they will at this point be able to put their foot on the gas and make a late-season push to be playing meaningful baseball in October. However, with the season-ending injury to Cleveland's Jose Ramirez, and a relatively soft remaining schedule, the AL wildcard does have the potential to become an interesting race if the Red Sox can make a push. Sam, who's going to get the AL wildcard? Tampa Bay and Oakland. Yeah. Uh, But I do think that the Red Sox could at least make it interesting Um, because I think that the Indians, like Jose Ramirez, I don't think was having a great season as compared to some of his previous seasons. But since he's gone down, they've lost a lot of games because they were up by like three and a half games in the wild card. And now they're tied for the second wild card. And the twins totally put a lot of space between them and the. Right. Right. Because they just whooped up on the White Sox. Yeah. (laughs) The Red Sox are five and a half games back from the, uh, from the wild card and they're playing in their remaining games. They're playing the twins now, which is tough. And I think they have four more games against Tampa Bay. But other than that, I think they're playing like Baltimore and uh, Toronto. And I think I'm checking right now. I remember looking at this a few days ago. Yeah, you've got a weird stretch of at Philadelphia and versus San Francisco right, right. in the middle of September, which is bizarre. Right, and both of those teams are about as good as the Red Sox. Right. So, but I, I don't think I think the only teams that they're playing that are like better than they are are the Twins who they're playing now, and they got a four game against Tampa left, I believe. Yeah, and you got. A four-game home set against the Yankees next week. Oh, we are playing the Yankees one more time. Yep, this weekend at Fenway. Uh, well, okay. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That, yeah, that would be big. And then at Tampa Bay, at Texas, and then home against Baltimore. So right. definitely could be interesting. So you think, though, Oakland will beat Cleveland for the second wild card? Yeah, I think so. I think Cleveland is <clears throat> they maybe will hang around, but I feel like they lost a big chunk of their uh uh like psychologically, I feel like the hit <clears throat> was bigger to their team than the numbers that Ramirez has putting been putting up actually mm-hmm. are. That makes sense. Um, also he like is a threat on the base paths. He like puts pressure on opposing pitchers. He can hit home runs, you know, not having him there in the top of their lineup is like definitely a blow to their offense. Yeah. One thing also it's September again and the Oakland athletics are competitive again. 
I mean, this is still the little team that could. Every right. every, every year, Chris Davis hits 247. And He's out for the season, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. That's bad. Well, I was going to say, the Oakland Athletics, you know, Chris Davis hits 247, and the Oakland Athletics are in the wild card to hunt. Right. Every year. <laughs> yeah, and good for them. Yeah, totally. It's totally. like the Billy Bean whatever. He's like yeah. uh, 300, you know what I mean? And it would be interesting this year with, you know, Goliath. New York Yankees and Houston Astros, and then Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Oakland. Right. You know. Yeah, but or the Red Sox. Or the Red Sox. But the, the like Red for the Red Sox to do it, they have to go on a run, and they literally have not gone on a run all season. And there's like no reason to expect that they will now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, for them to go on a run, they would have had to have at least gone on one run before. You know. Right. Tonight, start a seven-game win streak tonight. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> they won't. But against, that's what would need to happen. Yeah, against the Twins, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays. Right. That would be good. Yeah. That would be huge. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen. They would also have to, like, beat the Rays. Like, that would be key to them getting the wild card would be, yeah. like, beating the Rays. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. All right. Last We're question. moving away from baseball to the last section of the A block. You ready yeah. for this? This question's yeah. for you. Yeah. Because uh, you love football so much. I don't. <clears throat> um, in the first NFL shocker of the season, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck has announced his retirement from the NFL, citing near-constant injury rehab over the last two seasons and a desire to have a semblance of a private life Luck stepped away from the game. So the question is, <clears throat> what, if anything, did Luck do wrong here? And what, if anything, does he owe the fans and his players anymore? Well, I am totally on Andrew Luck's side here. Right. He, he like, you're going to take care of both your mental and your physical health by quitting what is really a shitty job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on this soapbox for a while now that playing professional football is not actually a good job. Bad job. It's It's a a bad bad job. job. Yeah. Um, So so good on him. Good for him to articulate everything that's going on. And he's got to have the right to do it. I guess the one small caveat I have in my mind is that seems like he did take his teammates. Like, they didn't know what was going to happen, at least right. what I've observed in the media. And I may well, be wrong. Yeah. I think that, like, for me, he announced this, what, earlier this week or late last week? Yeah, during, like, like, during preseason games. Right. And so, like, the team, the game, the season starts next week. So, the only thing I would say is, if anything, for his teammates' sake, he should have done it earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think it was during this week that he actually made up his mind because right. a lot of it had to do with his injury. What's his injury too? Shoulder, maybe. Like it, he's got these nagging injuries that he's either gonna have to do rehab for or play through. And I think that was the big thing where he was just like, 
I don't want to have to play through pain again for 16 weeks. Which he did last season. Yeah, which he's done for years. And he missed all of 2017. Yes. Uh, so so good on good on Andrew Luck, and I yeah. think that this should... Fuck the NFL. Fuck the NFL. Yeah, the right. NFL is absolutely terrible. And hopefully this gets the conversation going in a different direction. What the NFL actually needs or what the NFL Players Union actually needs are guaranteed contracts. Because one thing is that Andrew Luck has the luxury of being able to walk away from an NFL career at age, what is he, 28? Yeah, it's pretty young. Yeah. Um, as a as a successful quarterback, he can do that. You know, a defensive lineman might have a harder time doing that, even though his knees may be absolutely shot. Right. So I think that's the next thing to consider. Or running back. Running backs have crazy bodily Short careers. Yeah. Tortures. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I drafted a third-year running back at first in my draft this year, and I was kind of like, ooh, this guy might be over the hill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I'm going to give a shout-out to Marin. She was texting me earlier. She's like, fuck, I just drafted T.Y. Hilton. What's wrong with that guy? He's the number one receiver for the Colts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I saw him, too, and I was like, nah. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Colts will actually be okay without Luck. That's my other. I haven't quite developed this theory yet, but I'm working on a theory that the position of NFL quarterback is actually overvalued, and that it's possible that just you could have any dude be quarterback and win. Well, I, <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I said it's a, work, it's a working theory. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Working. Well, I'm also a Patriots fan. We're like right. we're, we're pretty QB centric, you know. Right. right. Um, Everybody else is interchangeable on that team. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Right. <laughs> um, but Drew Bledsoe was supposed to be really good too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. The way I look at it is that like. Uh, the, what, who is it? Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Okay, yeah. They, for years, had the best running back and the best wide receiver in the game and, like, a top-five quarterback, right? right? And they still couldn't beat the Patriots. Oh. Because hmm. the Patriots had the best quarterback. Interesting. That's the difference. Gotcha. But what about the Colts? The Colts had a really good quarterback, and... How often did they beat, like, when they had Peyton Manning? They they couldn't beat the Patriots either. That's the problem, because the P- Patriots had a better quarterback. The Patriots had a better quarterback. Right. Okay. Huh. Not the, sure if I, they're all the AFC teams, you know what I mean? Yes. Right. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> you know my opinions about Tom Brady. Right. I, I actually like, like him. I like him way better than I used to. <laughs> Just because he doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, it does not. No, I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. All right. Um, okay, so we're coming down into the home stretch. It's September. We're coming down into the home stretch of the MLB season. Football is taking off. 
This is exciting. The weather was getting cooler a little bit. It was nice today. How hot is it there? It's pretty nice. Yeah. It's super humid, though. Oh, weird. So, like, the temperature is not that high, but it's, like, just a thousand percent humidity. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah. It's weird. I didn't even, uh, didn't even think about it, but I, uh, outside working with, like, a notebook, you know, and then I was like, why is this paper all soggy? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was strange. Just like you could feel the, the water in the air, the water moisture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weird. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Dump on the Ump. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to check us out on all your social media platforms. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple iTunes. If you find us on Apple iTunes, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Thanks so much for listening. For Sam, my name is Joel. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow.